You're listening to the Mission Bitcoin Podcast. Well, hey guys, I'm back. I apologize for the hiatus in the podcast. Quite frankly, I got very busy and overwhelmed and lost a little motivation um, trying to get everything ready for Bitcoin Lake. There's been a lot of work that's gone into that, and we'll talk about that a little bit a little bit later on in the podcast. And um, so I, I want to just talk about, you know, why I started this podcast and kind of the the direction I want to take this. And I, I one of the things that was difficult for me when I first started the, the podcast was to actually think that anybody wanted to listen to um, what I had to say. And thankfully, many of you um, did want to listen and you've been very gracious in reaching out to me and and thanking me for producing the content that um, I've been able to, to put out there. And that's been very validating. I've always wanted to make sure that what I do is new and different. And that, that means interviewing and, and talking to people that may not always align with our Christian values, but certainly are important uh, for the Bitcoin ecosystem. You know, as Christian Bitcoiners, we need to make sure that we don't get into our own little bubbles and and not and are not aware of what's going on in the in the greater Bitcoin community. So thanks for just tagging along. And I appreciate that. But one of the reasons that I started this podcast was as I thought about the future and where I wanted to take my journey with Bitcoin, it was to actually do something with Bitcoin. Hence the kind of the, the double, the double meaning of mission Bitcoin. Um, yes, I believe that Bitcoin can definitely be used for, um, expanding God's kingdom. And we'll talk about, um, how we've actually seen that in the last couple of weeks, uh, how I've experienced that in the last couple of weeks. And, but also I, I wanted to be someone that didn't just talk about Bitcoin, but I actually wanted to do something with it. I wanted to create a legacy of sorts. And as you know, the, the Bitcoin Lake project was, is based on the, the model of Bitcoin Beach and El Zante. And I'm, I'm very grateful for what they've done clearly. And um, thankfully, I'm standing on the, the shoulders of giants. And that that seems cliche, cliche a lot of times. But I can tell you, I can just attest to you firsthand that the the rapidity or the 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 speed at which we've been able to see success in Guatemala in Lake Atitlan Panajachel has been because of what's gone on next door in El Salvador. So truly grateful for that experience and and Mike Peterson and Chimbera and Jorge and what they what they've done there. But uh, you know, as as I thought about the future. Um, I wanted to start getting into uh, Bitcoin and 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 interviewing people that were actually engaged in the space. But at some point, there was going to be a transition where this podcast, in my mind, was going to focus on the work that I've been doing in Guatemala and the mission that I'm on um, with Bitcoin. And I think the time has come for us to kind of do that transition. There's uh, so much good content out there as it relates to Bitcoin. And um, even within the Christian space, the guys with um, Bitcoin and the Bible do such a fantastic job uh, walking through biblical principles as it relates to Bitcoin. And um, I'm thankful for them as well. And so we're, we're, we all had, have to kind of produce our own um, niche in this ecosystem. And I can continue to interview hosts or uh, pardon me, I'm the host, but I can continue to interview people that 
kind of offer a different perspective, but um, I think each one of us has our own uh, areas and and resources that we go to reliably for good content. And so I really wanted to, at this point, shift focus and start talking specifically about Bitcoin Lake. And maybe in future episodes, what we'll do is kind of break down the specific lessons that that we've learned. But I want this to be kind of a forward-looking um, podcast to, to think about and to see what, what is actually going on um, on the ground and, and what we're learning. So yes, we'll go over lessons learned, but I also want to share what, what we are learning and why this is so important for me. And I'm not excluding future interviews with, with, uh, future guests, but, um, I think for me to stay motivated to do this, I, I, I need to talk about, um, something that I'm very passionate about and that that's the project at, at Bitcoin Lake. The, the other thing is, um, in the last couple of weeks, uh, in the last month or so, when we've not published a, uh, an episode, we've. I've returned to Guatemala, um, spent um, nearly two weeks down there, and I post my regular updates on Medium so you can kind of get an update and um, see what's going on. But I had the pleasure of being invited to thank God for Bitcoin 2022 in Miami the day before the main event. And that was just such a phenomenal experience. And for all of you out there who weren't aware of the event, it was um it was great. And I learned from Jordan Bush that the reason that they um, kind of had a, a limited presence or awareness is they they really reached out to people on Twitter. So if you're not on Twitter, Bitcoin Twitter in, in particular, uh, you're going to miss in announcements like that. And as some of you may have heard, and, and th- for those of you that were there, I had the pleasure of baptizing uh, Tomer Strolite and Lex. I still don't know Lex's last name, but uh, Lex is a, a friend of Tomer. But um, Tomer, as you know, was one of my first guests on the podcast. And um, I've discipled him through several books of the Bible now, and it was it was time for him to to make that public uh, confession, and so we did that in Miami, and that was just truly a magical experience and something I'll remember uh, for the rest of my life. And I think that the the other thing that many of you should know is I really think of myself as a missionary to uh, Bitcoiners. Many of them are. Uh, atheist. Uh, many of them are seeking, and I, I pray, I, I covet the opportunity to engage with these highly intellectual uh, people that are lost, and uh, many of them have have had you know religious experiences with their encounter with Bitcoin, and that that is codified in my second book. Uh, many of you know, I've, I've written two books. The first was The Christian Case for Bitcoin, and um, I'll share a, a little vignette about that. But the second one is called The Philosophy of Bitcoin and Religion. And I wrote that book because really kind of the straw that broke the camel back back was, um, the straw that broke the camel's back was John Vallis's article about um, being, um, I, can't, I, I apologize, I don't have it in front of me, I don't remember the specific name, but it was essentially um, John Vallis's, uh Bitcoin and the Money Messiah and really trying to, for him to codify his, what is essentially a religious experience 
that he is walking through with his encounter with Bitcoin. And it just, it just got me to the point where I had to counter a bunch of what was being said. And so the, the book is written specifically for the atheist Bitcoiner who is having a religious experience. I use Norman Geisler's theological proofs to walk a Bitcoiner through the fallacy of his logic. And if, if you are in if you are engaging with Bitcoiners on a regular basis and you need kind of a, a foothold or a stronghold to kind of begin discussing with them, you know, what they're experiencing, I would recommend, uh, my book, the philosophy of Bitcoin and religion and shout out to, um, Addison Tweedy for just his very gracious forward in the book. And uh, one of the lines that he said in there in the forward was that um, this is basically if if Bitcoiners lived on an island and there was a a missionary that came to the, the island where all these Bitcoiners live, this book would be kind of the, the gospel to them. So very gracious, humbled by that and uh, truly humbled by many of you that I've met at the Thank God for Bitcoin conference, um, many for the second time. I uh, Seb and um, his son that were originally from the Netherlands, I met down in adopting Bitcoin, uh, adopting uh, the, the adopting Bitcoin summit in El Salvador. He he was with um, he was in Miami as well, and I was able to meet him as again. So shout out to Seb and, um, some local, not, not so local, but near Bitcoiners in Alabama. And just, I'm just thankful for people that recognize what I'm doing and and coming up and, um, thank me for it. It's, It's truly humbling. Um, thank you so much. So as I started thinking about, you know, getting back into the, to the, to doing the podcast, and I really wanted to hone in on, what we're doing at Bitcoin Lake. And I also wanted to bring some clarity to, to some things that are going on. So if you're following me on Twitter, there's, I've been a little circumspect, but circumstances around the naming of Bitcoin Lake are quite frankly, just, um, it's hard to explain. I don't want to slander or defame anybody, but the, the naming of Bitcoin Lake was, um, a process because of some previous activities that had gone on around the lake and um, various parties were not very upfront about what they were doing. And that's why the Twitter handle is not Bitcoin Lake. That's why it's at Lake Bitcoin. And also in country, we decided to use the Spanish Lago for Lake Lago Bitcoin. Um, and the reason I'm mentioning this is that we, we are starting to get a bunch of publicity um, and it appears that the other activity, the other person involved in the other activity really came out um, essentially after the the landmark article in El Fado that came out in March. And it was after that that the other uh, person started um, doing th- their activity and started kind of glomming on or attaching to um, the wave of momentum. And I just I just want to make you guys aware of that activity. We are not associated with them. And I think if you do your, your diligence, like all Bitcoiners should, you'll, you'll see a history there. That's not consistent with what Bitcoiners believe. And, um, that that's enough said. I just want to make sure that you're aware of, um, that other activity out there. We do have a really exciting opportunity to partner with Bitcoin beach in Guatemala. Um, that's, that's headed by Juan Fonseco. Juan interviewed me for his 
podcast, YouTube channel when I was in Guatemala the last time I was there. And based on my interview and interaction with him, he was inspired to, to basically do the same thing in, in Guatemala, a Bitcoin beach experiment in, in Guatemala. So make sure you follow him on Twitter and support, support his effort. And, um, unfortunately the, the two locations are not that close. There aren't many close locations in Guatemala, but hopefully I'll, I'll get there, um, soon to see, to see what Juan is doing. And so let's, let's just talk about what we've done at Bitcoin Lake and, and, and the, the milestones that we've achieved. Uh, first off, we have garnered the support of Mike Peterson and Bitcoin Beach in El Salvador. Mike and the Bitcoin Beach team have been very gracious to financially supporting our effort. As many of you know, we don't have an endowment. We're basically bootstrapping this. There's when I go down there, it's out of pocket expense for me. And, um, I do it because of it's a passion of mine. And we've had some very gracious folks who are also part of the team. If you want to see who's involved in the team, you can go to bitcoinlake.io and see who's part of the team. And it's kind of really kind of a motley crew of people. And, and I'm thankful for that. And I think that's a testimony to the work that we're doing and the transparency that we have with, with what we're doing. And so what have we accomplished in, you know, about four months, we, we have nearly 40 businesses um, to date that we've brought on with the Bitcoin beach wallet. And we continue to teach the class at Centro Educativo Josue. I do that weekly when I'm there, I teach in person. And when I'm not, we do it virtually, but the children seem to really be understanding the concepts. And obviously with a new concept like this, this is going to be a multi-year educational process. And it would be like that with any school. You, you, you take the, the series one class and then the series two class and the series three. So it's going to take several years before we really have a proficient uh, student body that, that really understands Bitcoin and, and that you would expect that with any sort of any sort of um, um, educational activity, algebra one, algebra two, et cetera. But, but that's, that's continuing to go well. Nancy Sifuentes, the headmaster of the school, the owner of the school has been very gracious and such a great partner. I'm so thankful for her. And we have also hired because of uh, Bitcoin Beach's uh, generosity. We've also hired a full-time employee that is on the ground there in Panhachel. His name is Eliazar, and if you have an opportunity to follow him on Twitter, um, I'm sorry, I don't have his Twitter handle in front of me, but um, you can find him on Twitter. I'll, I'll leave that in the show notes for you. Um, that would be great. And if you could just shoot him some sats every now and then just as a show of support, that would be great. Um, he's, he's just doing a great job. He's going from really not knowing much about anything to, you know, zero to 60 pretty quickly. And he's doing a, doing a great job. And, you know, when we're down there, the last time we were down there, he was just so thankful for this opportunity. And he, he just doesn't understand why he is a part of this activity. And, um, I remember the first time I met Eliazar, it was back in November when we went down there, my wife and I went down there for our first scouting trip to reconnect with Nancy. And I was wearing a Bitcoin shirt or, um, I don't, I don't remember exactly what it was, but Eliazar came up to me in the restaurant in the hotel and said, he was a server and said, what, what is this Bitcoin? I don't understand. I see a lot of it. I want to learn more about it. And, you know, uh, I told him later, Eliazar, there's only one reason you're, you're doing 
what you're doing now with this project. And it's because you ask questions. And a lot of times, especially in developing countries, there's a lot of really don't question authority and, and, um, they just kind of go along, but Elias, there was something different about Eliazar. He's asking questions and that, that kind of sets people apart. And so we started learning. And then, um, one of our co-founders, Eric sent, he and I sent him down to El Zante in El Salvador to see what was going on. And, when you're, when you're there and you see the Lightning Network working firsthand, it really opens up your eyes and he came back transformed and, and now is on fire to really um, help transform the community. And he's a believer as well. So that that's that's great for the kingdom. So we've done um, significant business development and onboarding of businesses within Panachel. And if you um, don't recall, Panachel is a much larger community than El Zante. So this is kind of a formidable, formidable task to bring on a business when there's really no presence of any Bitcoin. And so it really comes down to to describing with passion uh, what you believe about Bitcoin and, and how it can meet somebody's needs. And that that's really um, the important thing here is that Bitcoin meets people's needs. And if you can identify and speak to those needs, then you can usually um, – show them the the power of it and and that's how we've been able to gain so much traction and so currently if you come to Panachel, if you come to guatemala quite frankly you can travel from the airport in guatemala city to Panachel on bitcoin you can sleep in Panachel on bitcoin you can go to numerous restaurants and pay in Bitcoin. If you want to go to a bar and have a beer, you can pay in Bitcoin. If you want to buy souvenirs, you can pay in Bitcoin. If you want to buy groceries, if you're an Airbnb and you want to cook for yourself and go get groceries, we've um, got a grocery store on. If you want to buy school supplies or writing materials or whatever, you can do that with Bitcoin. If you want to go to a print shop and get a t-shirt printed or a mug made, you can do that with Bitcoin. And if you want to go across the lake on a boat, you can pay in Bitcoin. So we've effectively created a very robust Bitcoin-based economy in a very short amount of time. And I would encourage any of you that if you're thinking about, um, you know, going down to El Zante, I would encourage you to potentially include El, uh, Guatemala in that trip as well. And you can travel completely, completely on Bitcoin. And just in a biased manner, I'll, I'll just say that Panachelas and Lake Atitlan is just so much more pretty than than the beach. Um, if you've seen one beach, you've seen them all. Um, I love the beach. Um, don't don't take that the wrong way. Uh, Bitcoin Beach. Um, I love the beach, but um, the the lake is just words. My voice video cannot describe how beautiful um, that place is. It truly is a magical place. And the the other thing I wanted to to kind of bring to everybody's attention is we've because of the the vision of of what we're doing in Panachel, we are bringing a group of business leaders and entrepreneurs down in early May of this year, and it's about two weeks from the recording of the of the podcast, and to explore Bitcoin mining opportunities. And I just want to remind everybody that the the vision of Bitcoin Lake is a little bit bigger than what was started in um, El Zante. The, of course, we have the 
idea for the Bitcoin circular economy. We have the educational component, a little bit different than what was started in uh, um, El Zante. We're, we're teaching in a school, not in a social setting per se. Um, I have been developing the curriculum, which will be translated into Spanish. And But we, we because we don't have the endowment, we wanted to introduce Bitcoin mining as a way to infuse Bitcoin into the, into the local economy. And on this last trip, we were able to successfully install a Bitcoin full node at the school, and we were able to actually get two miners up and running, one at the school and one at the municipality. And that's that's kind of a, a side story. But the the goal is to bring Bitcoin mining to Guatemala, and particularly to the lake region, because there are so many wasted resources in the area. And the reason for that is because everything is centralized, obviously, and there's been no economic incentive to capture the wind on the lake, the solar, the biomining, the geothermal. Uh, we're now learning about taking waste from restaurants and creating methane from that and and creating a really clean methane that we can use to generate energy for Bitcoin mining. So we've, we've really kind of opened up the, the gamut of possible energy sources that were around the lake. When I was first envisioning this, I was thinking of first world centralized technologies like solar panels, wind, geothermal that are usually pretty capital intensive and centralized, generally centralized activities. And because of our work down there and kind of learning about the needs of the community, we've been able to really come up with some novel solutions that we'll be kind of vetting out a little bit more on this next trip. So we're pretty excited about that. And I'm hoping that Panachel will become a center of Bitcoin mining for Guatemala. And to my knowledge, we are the first project that's run a full node at a school in um, Central America. We're um, first to start a um start a Bitcoin miner at a school and uh, first to start a Bitcoin miner at a municipality. So kind of a, kind of a big deal. And, you know, speaking of first, we were able to, to my knowledge, the first Bitcoin boat ride. Um, so that, that's kind of exciting. So if you're, if you really want to get involved with what we're doing, um, I would really encourage you to, uh, connect with me. Even, even some of our co-founders have never been to Guatemala. It's just a matter of connecting and, just providing really emotional support, sometimes financial support if you can, and um, just kind of expertise um, to help kind of keep the the uh, process going. And I would say that thing that's kind of really a big need of ours is social media expert. Um, I am not a social media expert, and if if you if you really are good at that and you're passionate about Bitcoin and you and you're interested in what we're doing in Guatemala. Um, please reach out to me. It would be great if you spoke Spanish, but even if you don't speak Spanish, um, we can get you started on um, our Twitter and and um, Facebook groups and all that. So that that would be great if you have that expertise and want to want to help out. The other thing that I want to just kind of tell you about that's been kind of a great success is just how. Um, I think the Lord's really provided favor for us as it relates to the local municipality, the, the mayor. Um, he's been very open to what we're doing as far as I can tell. Um, thus far, he he is a believer. He um, seems to be honest, and he's really kind of opened up the door and 
essentially given us the the key to the city, so to speak. But the the complexities of corruption in Guatemala are just so pervasive. It's really kind of hard to know what's really going on behind the scenes. And you don't, it's, it's nothing overt. And, and I love Guatemala. I love the Guatemalan people. But um, as I've learned a little bit about the history of Guatemala, the, they had a 40-year civil war that was um, started by a military coup instigated by the U.S. in the 1950s. And the, and the war went on for – the civil war went on until the 90s. But during this time, the, the military basically created this entrenched – mafioso so to speak and corruption within all branches of government so every every branch of government in guatemala is captured by this systemic corruption that dates back decades it, it it's not a corruption that you and i would easily identify or see it's just so inherently a part of the system there's corruption in the banking system there's corruption in the electrical um energy um systems um companies and and you know these are very powerful business influences that basically control Guatemala and Guatemala has a deliberately weak state and it's really the the entrenched corruption and and um, very significant uh, wealthy business people and military that kind of control Guatemala behind the scenes, even though it's a democratic country. So I'm kind of learning about that, but it seems like we have a trusted partner with the mayor. And we were essentially talking about this the other day that, you know, what we're doing in Guatemala and Panachel, um, if it's successful, um, the mayor could find himself in Guatemala City as the next president because it's it's really transformative and and revolutionary. So we're really looking forward to the full implementation of our mining project um, there in Panachel. So when we go on this, when we have this business development trip in May, we've got some pretty well known CEOs that are coming coming down, and pretty well known. Um, people in the Bitcoin space. I don't want to make make it public now, but uh, coming down to kind of see what's available and um, see if they can be a part of uh, what we're doing down there. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. And ultimately, the, the goal here is I've, I've made it clear to pretty much everybody that's involved is that w- whatever we're doing in Guatemala has to benefit the people of Guatemala. I, I d- relate Bitcoin as as digital gold, as a lot of us do. And if if you think about the history of Guatemala, Central America, Latin America, and what the Spaniards did 400 years ago, they came and and took all the gold and raped the land and and just, you know, impoverished the the countries that that they settled. And I don't want to happen with digital gold what happened with the physical gold. So I really want whatever proceeds we're able to mine from the natural resources or the waste to benefit the, the people of the community. And I don't like the term universal basic income because of the connotations of it based on communism and whatnot, but that's essentially what this is. It's, it's providing something back to the community for a resource that they, that they ultimately um, are the, the owners of. And so I don't, I don't view that as, as communistic at all. I, I view that as, um, giving back in a in a proper manner uh, to people that have been oppressed and suppressed for so long uh, first by the Spaniards and then now obviously by our by our economic policies and the rapid inflation that's going on so um, that's kind of the state of affairs right now I am hopeful that in 
November at the Adopting Bitcoin Summit hosted by Galoy that um, many of you will do a side trip down to Guatemala and see the work that we've done there. Um, I really appreciate everybody reaching out to me and support on Twitter and um, so thankful for that. And please don't hesitate to reach out if you have any questions and uh, or new ideas. We're always looking for new ideas to really make this a unique project that belongs to the people of um, Bitcoin. It's not my project. It's it's um, really a community project, and um, I want to keep it that way. So thank you for tuning in, and um, I'm hoping that I will have more regular updates and kind of have you come along for the ride. Thank you so much. <laughs>